0: let's get it you already know what time it is welcome back to the NFL with is alive and well you could have been anywhere else on a tuesday evening but you're here with me 7 p.m eastern time maybe a little bit afterwards but it's all good we are here the nfl season it's officially moved on we had to get real creative for this episode for the lineup uh y'all get in the comments let me know how the audio looks excuse me how the audio sounds how the video looks i know it's a little choppy at times but as always don't forget that qr code right there every bit of social content every bit of podcast content if you can't scan it at the nfl with ajl on all social media platforms wherever you're watching us live make sure you like that stream facebook youtube twitch uh, Twitter, Please subscribe if you're on YouTube. 99.5% of y'all that watch my content are not subscribed yet. Hit the bell as well so you never miss a YouTube post. We got Eric Bieniemy finally getting hired. We're talking about some NFL rookies. We're talking about the best moments of the 2022 NFL season today. Of course, never forget, you can call into the show 678-480-8716. Again, that is 678- 480 8716. Thanks, Darby. I'm glad the audio looks great. Uh, call in, debate with me. If that's too much for you, DM at the NFL with AJL. Get in the comments. No matter what you do, engage with the show. I'm here for you guys. Episode six. Let's get it. And uh, without further ado, we just we got to go ahead and dive right into this one because this was some news that it feels like it was about time, right? It's about time that Eric B. Enemy, not, not even about time, but Eric B. Enemy lands another job in the NFL but not as a head coach like everyone touted him to be. Maybe he's still that bad interviewer. Maybe he's got a past. I'm not saying any of those things are true about him. We'll get into that a little bit later. But nonetheless, you've got Eric Bieniemy now as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. And, and this, honestly, is the last place that I expected be enemy to, to go. But kind of first reaction here when I see him go over is, okay, here we go. Let's go ahead and get it started off right here. Of course, we know this, Chris G., Eric B., should be a head coach. Why the F did he go to the commies? Ouch. We got to hold that for the fans, bro. Ooh, I got to start reading your comments, bro. I put them on the screen. Um, here's why he went to the commanders, though, and that's kind of the perfect comment to lead us in here. Eric Bieniemy went to the commanders because a lot of people say that since he's not the play caller in Kansas City, because the story is that Andy Reid calls the play. I think Bieniemy draws it up. I know Bieniemy, Mahomes, and probably Reid all draw up the plays, right? Andy calls the play, hands it off to Bieniemy. Into which then the enemy relays it to Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, that kind of bothers some people because now they're like, oh, he's never been a play caller. He's going from Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell. Like, what is he actually going to do? I think he takes this leap because you go and look at the Washington Commanders. I mean, they have not won or had not had a winning season. I want to make sure I have the numbers right here. Within the last 10 seasons, you look since 2013, from three at 13 all the way to last year, going eight and eight. Uh, They finished top 10 in points and yards on the offense just once. That was actually in 2015 when they finished 10th. Um, And the next best finish after that was 12th, which came the year after. But after that, nothing above the 16th rank in the league for offensive points. You go to yards, their best year was 2016 as well. Uh, They were third in yards in the league um, when they were 12th in points. And then you go back to that 2013 year where they were three three and 13. They were ninth in yards, but still 23rd in points. So, The Washington Commanders definitely get one of the best offensive minds on the market, at least if people want to believe that. I know he's not a play caller. I know he's worked under Andy Reid. But just do a little bit of research and actually go back through that Andy Reid coaching tree and see that those people that move on from him, some of those disciples, they're actually faring decently well in the NFL. So we know, again, bien running one of the best offenses in the league with Patrick Mahomes. Like There really shouldn't be any doubt in our minds that Eric bien is going to be a great hire right here, at least in the Washington Commanders aspect. Um, Shout out, Taylor. Always looking out for him, Darby. Yes, that's my boy right there. Still haven't forgot about that, about that New Orleans trip. I won't be surprised that the the new owner would fire him. Okay, that's crazy. I think you're trolling now. I got to realize who you are though, Christian. I won't be surprised if the new owner fires him. Yeah, that, now that would be crazy. I don't believe that would happen, but that would be insane to see. Now, you know, there's a lot of questions out here of what is this going to do for Eric Bien- Eric Biannimi's legacy, right? He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, when you go look at his numbers that he's ran with the Chiefs offense in the last five years, which, crazy enough, he has been on one-year deals with the Kansas City Chiefs, which has given him the flexibility to get out of those contracts if he wants to and actually be able to go chase a head coaching job, or if the Chiefs, for some reason, wanted to move on, didn't want to run it back with the that they would be able to get out as well. So some people say that's a lack of commitment. I could say it's 50 50. It's all about perspective, just like life. It's how you look at it. Was it for a lack of commitment or was it for flexibility, which I guess they kind of go hand in hand? Um, but again, when you look at the points and the yards then that that Eric Bianami has accounted for with Mahomes and that Reed offense over the last five years first in points, first in yards last year, first, in, uh, excuse me, fourth in points, third in yards the year before, sixth in points, first in yards the year before. Fifth in points, sixth in yards, and then in his very first year, he was first in points and first in yards. So he has finished as the number one yards, as the number one offense in yards and in points twice in his career, and he's never fallen outside of the top six. So Eric Bieniemy clearly, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, like he's been able to make this happen with the Kansas City Chiefs, and and again, the 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 Commanders being able to take advantage of this is going to be major for the Commanders part. Now. You know, could this potentially stain Eric Bianami's tenure in the NFL because he's going to the commanders who are possibly the worst ramp franchise in the league? They're basically I feel like they might be getting sold at a discount at this point because Dan Snyder just doesn't want to move off of the team. And and we know that, again, it is one of the worst Rand franchises in the NFL between what happens in the locker room, the play on the field. Um, you know the front office, like the drafting, it's 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 rough. It's really rough. And outside of that defense, that's kind of come around over the last three seasons. You can't really take any positives away from the Washington Commanders. Again, talking about Eric Bieniemy's transition, you're going from Patrick Mahomes, who has more Super Bowl MVPs than Sam Howell does NFL career starts. Sam Howell has one NFL career start. Patrick Mahomes has two Super Bowl MVPs. So that's a big drop-off there. That's a hell of a perspective for what Eric Bieniemy is really about to walk into. Again, we know about how bad the points and the yards were over the last 10 years. We know that they haven't had a winning season over the last 10 years. I want to say the season before that, they went 10-6. and six. So now you're going to be looking at, is he actually calling the plays here? How is he going to mend, you know, mesh with, with Ron Rivera? We know that they have Antonio Gibson, and we know that they have Terry McLaurin, and we know that they have some offensive pieces out there that, hey, like, they're not in some of the deep roster talks in the league, but we know there's weapons, and that's why some of the fans and some of the people out here are like, if the commanders can get some things right, which one of these hires or this hire by Eric Bieniemy is getting one of those things right, they could possibly turn it around. Now, again, primed to take over a horrible offense, but here's the thing. Eric Bieniemy is not only going to be the OC, he is going to be the assistant head coach to Ron Rivera, who honestly at any point is going to be on the way out the door as well. Great, great culture guy. Respect Ron Rivera over the last three years, seven and nine, seven and 10, eight and eight. So he's done a pretty decent job at cleaning up a team that went three and 13 back to back seven and nine seasons. And then they went, excuse me, they did have a winning season in 2016. They went eight, seven and one. Um, and then excuse me, in 2015, they went nine, seven and one. So before y'all butcher me in the comments, let me back up the Redskins to the football team to the commanders did have a couple winning seasons after 2013, they had two of them actually in 15 and 16. But outside of that, it's just been rough. So again, credit to Ron Rivera for what he's done. But correct me if I'm wrong. If Eric Bieniemy's in the house, I don't care if it's for one year. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. We saw what he did with that Kansas City offense. Eric Bieniemy's going to get that job as soon as Ron Rivera is fired. I mean, who who are you really going to go hire? Who would be your next smart hire? I feel like I'm blowing y'all's ears out. Who would be the next smart hire? In the NFL, you've already got one of the smartest guys in the NFL in-house. He ran one of the best offenses. Eric Bieniemy made this move to show that he's worth more than just working with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill at a time and Andy Reid and just getting plays handed off to him. He wants to prove that he is a play caller. He wants to show how he can turn an offense around, and he's stepping right in the line. With that Washington Commanders head coaching job, so I cannot knock Eric Bieniemy for what he's trying to do here. Again, a lot of people are like, "This is stupid. This is crazy. What the hell are you doing with your career, Eric Bieniemy?" I'm not necessarily thinking that way. Again, I was shocked when Bieniemy went to the Commanders, but it is what it is. It's it's done now. He's going to be there. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I'm excited to hear the praise and how people are finally going to give him his flowers in the NFL once he. And I'm not saying he's going to do anything major, but if he can at least get that offense to top 15 in the league, considering what they've been in seasons prior, it's going to be a win for both teams, clearly for the commanders and clearly for Eric Enemy because of what he's going to prove. Want to check back into the chat here, Darby. Appreciate you. I'd rather be with Andy Reid and get more rings than take over when Andy retires. Uh, then take over when Andy retires. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really fair thing to say there, uh, Chris. Very, very fair thing to say. Um, I don't think I can knock you on that one. No trolling. I really think they are going to use him as a scapegoat. Mm. If they do, man, that's tough. That's really tough if they do use him as a scapegoat because, I mean, this was this was a, a, a good hire, you know? Like, this was genuinely a good hire for the commanders. And I'm not saying the ball is in their court, but, like, of course, you can't really go any further or lower than one of the worst-ran franchises in the league, um, but it's only up from here for them. Definitely only up from here for them. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Don't forget, you can call into the show, 678-480-8716. Did you like the Eric Biannimi hire? I'm about to get into some NFL rookies, which there were so many. Don't forget that QR code, every bit of content from the show. And as always, we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL. For all of your worldwide real estate needs, make sure to contact them on all social media platforms. And if you want to stay ahead of the daunting media headlines about real estate, it's a bad time to buy, it's a bad time to sell, the rates are crazy, everything you're hearing. Make sure you hit them up, get on that monthly newsletter. It provides a lot of info and um, you really won't miss out on things that are happening in the real estate market, whether you need a dream home, whether you need to sell and get some equity, or you want to add an asset in a rental property to your portfolio, make sure you contact buy and sell with AJL. All right. Ad is over. Now let's talk about some NFL rookies after this 2022 NFL season. I just got to say there were so many. That's why you see down low. Tier 1 NFL rookies, my Tier 1 NFL rookies. Next show on Friday, we're going to be doing my Tier 2 NFL rookies. It's kind of like a first team and a second team, but you know, we like to try to be a little original here. And, and there was a lot of young talent in the league, so without further ado, let's get into it. My Tier 1 NFL rookies. We'll start with Sauce Gardner, of course, no question about that. Defensive Rookie of the Year, 20 pass breakups, which led the NFL, the best corner in the NFL as a rookie. You can disagree if you want, but the numbers show it. Um and PFF's grade of overall corners in the league because he was the highest-graded corner by PFF. Highest-graded corner in the league, so he was the best corner in the league. He held multiple receivers to small games this year. We saw that between Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, DK Metcalf, and he was the first rookie corner since Ronnie Lott in 81 to go to the AP All-Pro team enough said. Now we've got Kenneth Walker as well. Another tier one rookie for me ran for 1,050 yards this year and nine touchdowns in Seattle. Very explosive. I think he should have won offensive rookie of the year. He had the most first place votes. He's already looking like a star in the league. I wouldn't be surprised if next year Kenneth Walker potentially was a top five running back in the league. We know Pete Carroll is, you know, kind of that run first guy. That's why we had the whole let Russ cook because, you know, Pete Carroll was holding him back. So if Pete Carroll kind of buys back into that with Kenneth Walker, we could be looking at something serious here. Now, of course, and I can't believe I almost forgot about him, kind of a quieter season, but one of the better rookie seasons and even just a season in the NFL that we saw this year. Aiden, Hudson, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, 52 tackles, 9.5 sacks, 3 interceptions, and 2 fumble recoveries. This guy, clearly we know he is a two-way defensive end with insane ability to disrupt the pocket, get after the quarterback, and he even sets a really good edge in the run game as well. Um, Again, just to the explosiveness, the urgency of this guy, and to know that you know he's so versatile on that line that Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, can really kind of plug and play him into some of these schemes. Again, versatile, explosive, 40 pressures, excuse me, 46 pressures led all rookies this year, so you can't slight what Aiden Hutchinson has been doing in the NFL as a rookie. Now we got Tariq Woolen corner with the Seattle Seahawks and a fifth round former wide receiver turned a corner playing at a high level as a rookie. You can't ask for any more. He picked off six passes, which was tied for the lead in the NFL, a corner. And now you're probably wondering, oh, wow, he almost led the league in interceptions as a corner. Why wasn't he the defensive rookie of the year? He definitely could have had a case. There's no question about that. Six passes intercepted, tied for the NFL, broke up 15 passes this year, which was also tied for fourth. Now he does have some penalties that he needs to clean up. He had eight of those this year, and he misses tackles at a pretty high rate, just shy of 19%. Um, so again, cornerback Tyreek Woolen or Tariq Woolen definitely going to be one of my tier one rookies. Now let's go to a team that got really no recognition this year, but had an awesome safety actually balling out for them. Let's take a look at safety, Jalen Petre? Petre. I'm not sure. Uh, the Rookie, safety, Jalen, that plays for the Texans. There we go. That's what we'll call him. So, you know, the reason he makes my tier one rookies is you look at the fact that, yes, he does have to clean up some tackles. He led the NFL in missed tackles by a wide margin this year. I don't even want to get into the numbers that kind of blast him out. But he did lead the NFL, or excuse me, he did lead all rookies with 147 tackles. He had five interceptions on the year, which was tied for second behind Tariq Woolen. And obviously, Tariq had six, which was tied for first in the league. And he led all rookies with 31 defensive stops as well. So he's able to get to the line of scrimmage. He's able to play in kind of some versatile roles if he needs to. He can bring the blitz. He can cover the run if he has to. So the rookie safety out of Houston, Texas, or really playing for the Houston Texans in safety Jalen. I'm just going to say Petrae. I want to check back on the chat here, make sure I'm not forgetting about anybody. No trolling, no chat, no worry. Course, we got to talk about quarterback Brock Purdy for the San Francisco 49ers, Mr. Irrelevance. Absolutely going crazy. Uh, for what his standards were being the 262nd pick in the NFL draft, Mr. Irrelevant, the dead last pick. And you know what Brock Purdy achieved in such a limited time, I feel like is very, very impressive. The 49ers did not lose any of the last six games that Brock Purdy started since Jimmy G went down in that week 13 game against the Dolphins, obviously, outside. Of the NFC Championship, he had a 76.6 overall grade this year with PFF, which led the rookie quarterback class. And not that really – I feel like that's kind of slanted in in an unfair way considering, you know, the system he was put in. I'm not saying he didn't play great because he clearly did. I mean, he had a 107.3 passer rating that led all quarterbacks that had at least 150 dropbacks this year. So, clearly, he was doing big things as a rookie. Wide receiver Garrett Wilson – For the New York Jets, 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 Jets. Will Aaron Rodgers be their quarterback? I'm kind of starting to get the feeling that he could be, but we won't know until he's out of the damn darkness retreat. Again, Garrett Wilson here with the New York Jets. You look at how every time that you turned on the tape, Garrett Wilson was making a play, it felt like. 83 passes for 11, excuse me, 83 catches for 1,103 yards and four touchdowns. He broke 22 tackles in the process of doing that, which led NFL rookies this year. Um, And just the way he moves already with the route running, the speed, the evasiveness, the way that he can contort his body to make catches. And you look at the fact that, excuse me, he did not lead the league at breaking 22 tackles in the process. Excuse me. (laughs) He did not lead the NFL breaking 22 tackles. He did not lead the NFL in that stat, if I can slow down for a second, breaking 22 tackles. Debo Samuel did, and he was only behind Debo Samuel, speaking about Garrett Wilson here, Tier 1 NFL rookie with the new york jets wide receiver um among all receivers in the nfl excuse me so not all rookies among all receivers in the nfl garrett wilson was second in broken tackles he only dropped two passes on a season that really jets fans should be really really excited about um you know i mean it felt like they were playing with house money at one point they you know kind of peaked too early but it is what it is we can't go can't go super crazy there of course uh chris olave wide receiver for the new orleans saints he was very very good in his rookie year um, you know, over a thousand yards catching passes from the likes of Taysom Hill, from the likes of Jameis Winston, from the likes of Andy Dalton, and, and a lot of people, and even me as a fan, I didn't know how good he was really going to be early on, but he was clearly impressive. 2.42 yards per route run this year, which led the rookie class, and it was seventh in the entire NFL. So that's a very elite number from a first-year player. When you look at how Chris Olave played, Chris Olave played for the Saints. Um, clearly, just a not an elite guy, but when you look at the fact that he was averaging that with route runs as a rookie, seventh in the NFL, you can't deny that. He's clearly getting shifty out there. Some people that, or excuse me, what some are a left tackle that I feel like didn't get a lot of recognition, and I wanted to put him in here as a tier one rookie. Left tackle Braxton Jones of the Chicago Bears, one of the steals of the draft class so far when you really take a look at it. He was a fifth rounder, and when you look at how he played on the field and just his number numbers overall, I feel like he did do enough to put himself as potentially an undisputed long-term starter at left tackle for the Bears, finishing with a 79.4% run blocking grade and a 70.5% pass blocking, grade. pass blocking grade on the season for a rookie. I feel like anytime you can really grade above a 70 as a rookie, no matter what position it is, it's pretty solid. Now, in the NFL, if you're grading between 70 and 80 as a rookie on the line, there's clearly going to be times where you look like you're getting beat or where you're giving up sacks or where you're giving up pressures, but Braxton Jones... Again, I don't go Bears this year, so I wanted to put him on this. And, of course, we have the center for the Baltimore Ravens, rookie Tyler Linderbaum. It looks like he is already becoming an elite run-blocking center in this league. He's only allowed 26 pressures. Excuse me. He did allow 26 pressures pressures in pass protection, which is a little bit high for a rookie. But, again, first-year rookie. Hopefully he's able to work that out. Ravens have a, a decent offensive line. Um, and, you know, just what he can do at the second level in the run game, I feel like is really special for a rookie at, just at his size. Again, the way he plays, um, you know, the team that he's playing for, the scheme that he's in. So it's it's a lot of promise. And I'm not going to go as far as saying that Linderbaum can be an all pro, um, but he, he's he's definitely going to play a vital role um, and a piece in that offensive line, no doubt. We got to stay hydrated, boys. Drop stay hydrated in the chat for me. Let me know how we stay hydrated in the chat. Seven people tuning in with me tonight. Oh, comment of the night. Share the stream. My dog, Chris G. If you're looking for a professional troll, make sure to go follow him. (laughs) Big Broken Brock didn't look pretty. See, as I say, professional troll. There he goes. So my tier one NFL rookie, Sauce Gardner, Kenneth Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Tariq Woolen, Jalen Petre, Petre, whatever. Uh, Brock Purdy, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Braxton Jones, and Tyler Linderbaum. Like I said, next episode on Friday, which will be the 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, the NFL with AJO episode seven, giving you a teaser. We'll have my tier two NFL rookies. There were so many. There was legit probably about 25 to 30 rookies that I could have, you know, put into the show. But I was like, man, that's going to be a crazy segment. Um, Didn't want to bore y'all with a crazy long list. But again, I thought this rookie class, especially coming out of last year, which Like, we knew it was a solid class, but I think we were so spoiled by the Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence draft that it just didn't kind of come off as super appealing, you know? So to go back and highlight some of this talent, I just, I felt like was very due. Um, Again, ladies and gentlemen, never forget, you can call into the show, especially with this next segment, 678-480-8716. Again, that is 678-480-8716. If that's too much for you, you can DM me at the NFL with AGL on all social media platforms. Don't forget to like the stream or like the stream. There we go. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell so you never miss a post for when we go live or when we post a short or a medium-turn clip. And if all else fails, you got the QR code. If you can't scan it, at the NFL with AGL on all social media platforms. If you find me, check the link in my bio. That's where that QR code takes you. Every bit of podcast, full episode. YouTube short, TikTok, social media content that you could think of. Now let's take a moment to reminisce on one heck of an NFL season, I feel like. Um yeah, I mean just wow. Like it's it's actually it's it's crazy that it's actually over. Um and just, you know, knowing how the season played out, just want to make sure the mic is right here. I feel like the what's it called, might be Slip in a little bit. We look good. Yeah, we're good. I think I'm just OCD per usual. Um, but again, 2022 NFL season. We had again, I mean, the, the the NFL is always great. Um, we had some of the best moments that we've seen in an NFL season this year. We saw that the highest or excuse me, the worst defense in the league only gave up 26 points per game, which is crazy because we usually see NFL teams give up about I don't know. What are you doing, Inca? Sorry, y'all talking to my dog. She looks like she's kind of freaking out over there. Um, but, you know, just so many moments happened in this NFL season. We had the Christian McCaffrey trade, which blew everyone's mind. We had the DeMar Hamlin incident, which we really didn't know if the NFL was going to step up and do the right thing. And thankfully, they did. We had Tom Brady finally retire. We had the very last pick in the NFL draft take the San Francisco 49ers, who emerged late in the season to the NFC title game. Um, we just saw so many moments, and I have, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it. I'm going to be quick with them. I got 15 moments here that happened in the NFL season that were personally my favorite, and I just want to run back through them, but I want to get to the chat first. Um, Oh, boy, Ken, or not Ken, Oh, Kevin, Pimp Juice. You talk about me, bro? So I appreciate that. I know you got Pimp Juice, DJ Kev. Perfect fit for the 49ers, McCaffrey. Absolutely. We're about to get into that. 2023, the Cowboys will rise. All right, man. Do your fingers ever get tired of typing that? Like, do you ever just get tired of saying that? Because I know, you know, at some point when the Saints are making the runs, like, man, I I, I got to get off of it. Um, You know, before Breeze left, we had that four-year run. But um, pimp juice. <laughs> nah, bro, this is water. I thought about having some pimp juice. I had a little 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 glass of wine before, I think, last Tuesday's show. Um, Got some shock top in the fridge downstairs. But nah, no pimp juice. We... We keep it clean on here, man. I even got my vapes on me, so you're keeping me honest. Thank the Cowboys for ending TB12. Yeah, all right. I'm going to make sure that I can filter your <laughs> filter your comments from now on. But let's get into it. The best moments slash surprises slash, oh, wow, that really happened. Whatever you want to call it for the 2022 NFL season. Number one, of course, and in no specific order, I've got the Christian McCaffrey trade. To know that he accounted for over 1,800 total yards after he got traded to the 49ers early in the year. Uh, clearly, he was a weapon for them. Um, He did so much. I think he had one game with a passing, receiving and rushing touchdown. So go figure with him. Um, really reignited his career, put him back in that comeback player of the year situation. and And we see the way that the Panthers are turning around now. I'm glad that his career didn't get completely spoiled being there. And uh, I could really see him potentially being a Niner for life, but not going to too much get into that. Let's also talk about Geno Smith beating Russell Wilson in the season opener because the NFL script writers that we think that they have, which of course they do to an extent, they're they're in the they're in the business, right? Um, you know, Geno Smith beat Russell Wilson in the season opener after Russell Wilson gets traded from the Seahawks, where Geno Smith quarterbacks for, to the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson's new home. Um, and Gino drops a line at the end of the game. They wrote me off, and I didn't write back. That is a line that went through the entire NFL season, one of the best just lines I've heard in general, Um, and Geno Smith goes on to win comeback player of the year, so he started and essentially ended his season with some great lines, super proud of him, and I don't see why the Seahawks wouldn't run it back with him. Burrow saying the window is his whole career. Absolutely legendary. Uh, <laughs> we have seen the way he's acted after big games, smoking the cigar after the national championship, um, just living it up, going to the Super Bowl in his first full healthy year as a starter, two AFC title games and two full healthy years as a starter. Um, so maybe the window is his whole career. Who knows? But I loved that line. From the NFL season. We just recently had Tom Brady retire for good as well, which I'm not going to say this was a best moment, but definitely a surprise for me. Um, and now there's reports that he could possibly be going out looking to win over Giselle again. Um, you know, trying to prove it to him that yes, I shouldn't have went back to the league. I care for our family, you know, I want things to happen. And I'm not here to speculate on that. I will never question a grown man's life decisions, you know, or what he's trying to do. I'll just talk about their NFL career in a very positive and uplifting way. Uh, Cause I don't want to tear people down, but it was a surprising thing for me to see Tom Brady retire, knowing that he essentially gave up his family and, uh, you know, just didn't play too well down the stretch. And clearly he was going through a lot, um, you know, but I, I really thought that he was going to come back and, you know, the way he was eliminated, like he's going to come back because he essentially just gave it all up for, for the NFL, right? He retired and then unretired, came back, played horribly. So that was a shocker for me to see Tom Brady retire. I was also shocked at how bad the Colts actually were this year when they traded for Matt Ryan. I was very hyped about that. Um, you know, I've been saying for years that Matt Ryan should have either went to the Colts or the Vikings, a couple teams that I felt like were just a quarterback away from making it to not the Super Bowl, but they could have kind of had Super Bowl run vibes potentially with the rosters, the defense. Maybe the coaching could have been better, but obviously a great quarterback. or not a great quarterback. A better quarterback situation will help everything. Um, Yeah, I was just so shocked by how bad the Colts were. Matt Ryan did not deserve that the way that he went out in this NFL season. They switched to Sam Ellinger. Um, They fire Frank Reich in the middle of the year. They bring on Jeff Saturday, and everyone gets happy for about 25 seconds, and then they realize that, hey, he can't win us any NFL games either. Love you, Jeff Saturday. You are a great player. I'm not taking anything away from you. I know it's hard to coach in the league. That's why I'm sitting here on a talk show talking about the league, why you had the chance to coach in the league. Don't let me get it twisted there, but I was very shocked about how bad the Colts were. I was also shocked at how good the Vikings were at winning one score games this year. I think they won 13 one score games. I never thought they were a threat. The year before they had lost all of, or I think half of maybe two thirds of those games. So that was interesting to see, knowing that they were able to clean it up uh, with a newer head coach. Really with with just about the same roster, you know, they ran it back with from the um Mike Zimmer to the Kevin O'Connell, you know, era when they when they transferred new or when they got a new head coach in. Um, I think at the very, very beginning of the NFL season, if I'm not mistaken. I felt like that was kind of a quiet hire. That one at least, you know, flew under my radar. Um, but I was shocked at how good the Vikings actually were. Um, they obviously had the record. They had, they had the potential to go deep in the playoffs, but not with Kirk Cousins. Um, and just not with the way that, you know, the one-score games, again, we had said it. One score games, you can win those, that's great. But eventually you're gonna have to be able to, to, to pull away because those one-score games will catch up to you. I was also shocked at how Daniel Jones grew a lot under Brian Dabo. Brian Dabo clearly wins coach of the year. No question about that. He deserved it. I don't even think, I'm not going to say there wasn't a close second because there were a lot of good coaches this year. I think there were hell five or six coaches on the panel um, actually as a finalist for that award. But yeah, to see Daniel Jones grow that way. And that was a big reason why I thought Brian Dabo deserved coach of the year because we didn't think this was possible out of Daniel Jones. We didn't think that Daniel Jones could actually be this athletic and use his legs to win in certain situations in the NFL, and Brian Dayball brought that out of him. You know, Coming from working with Josh Allen, being under Sean McDermott, did very well as a rookie head coach and took home coach of the year. So that was a big shocker to me. One of the best moments, probably the best moment of the NFL season, was the world coming together. Oh. Oh, that's Inca scratching, my dog. (laughs) One of the best moments of the, or excuse me, the best moment of the NFL season, in my opinion, was the world coming together for the Damar Hamlin incident. I wasn't podcasting at the time. I was still just on the sidelines, kind of soaking up the season, planning my moves to get back into the game. Um, And I remember turning that off one night to, uh, Taylor and I were, I don't remember what we were watching, but I remember turning the game back on because I I was curious and just seeing what had happened with Damar Hamlin. And, And I hate to say it, but I said, I'll be shocked if the NFL stops this game. And they did the right thing because we had a player that had to get resuscitated twice on the field, um, or I think once on the field, once in the hospital, knowing that they were, you know, just, I mean, just just the timing of everything. He got hit on such a crazy play to where, you know, his heart just had a had a malfunction. Um, the fact that they were as close to the University of Ohio and Cincinnati as they were, the fact that they had those people on the actual field to get to him as fast as they could. We had a, um, I don't know if y'all knew this, we actually had a, Uh, Like a a health assistant for the Bills or for the Bengals get an MVP vote this year, dead serious. I think it was this specific gentleman that might have got to DeMar first or whatever. I'm not sure. I believe the entire crew should have got an MVP vote. I know they couldn't do that. Um, But then, and then at the NFL awards, another great move by the NFL. They bring DeMar onto the stage. DeMar speaks. They, honored the team that saved Demar's life and cared for him as Demar won the game of life. Of course, as the doctors notably said, um, and you know, just the world, just the whole world stopped. People that didn't watch sports, people that didn't watch football, uh, just just everyday average guys and gals that were just going about life and it didn't didn't again didn't watch sports knew about the Demar Hamlin incident. For the whole world, just to forget for just that short amount of time and it, and it truly showed everybody and especially me that you can bring everybody together at one point for a really awesome topic for a really awesome subject and and that was a moment right there it was bigger than football it was bigger than the players it was bigger than the money it was bigger than anything and the fact that they were able to come in and do that and put on that show for DeMar Hamlin and DeMar Hamlin's able to make that recovery it just Absolutely amazing. Um, I I have no further words for how the NFL was really, really able to handle that correctly, honor him at the awards, and then knowing that he's also cleared to play football again. Now, Russell Wilson looking horrible and Nathaniel Hackett being fired in midseason, which was a major shock for me. I think that shocked everybody. We had talks of the Broncos going to the Super Bowl. We had talks of Russell Wilson being in the MVP conversation. We had talks of the Chiefs missing the playoffs because there was no Tyree Kill, and that the Broncos were going to run away with it. Clearly, none of that happened. I think Russell Wilson threw 15 passing touchdowns this year. They won a total of five games. Now he has Sean Payton. I really think they had no choice but to go on to Sean Payton. Um, So it is what it is. But Russell Wilson looking absolutely horrible. And unfortunately, when you go back and look at the tape, Nathaniel Hackett did draw up a good bit of, um, you know, offensive play call. Shout out to Theo Ash NFL on TikTok and the Stay Hot podcast. They do some great Great film analysis over there. He was showing that Russell Wilson would pass up easy looks two and three times a game, four and five and six times a game on the same play, on the same look. So it was on Russ a lot. It was on Hackett as well. He's going to get the blame. Clearly he got fired. Um, But that was a big shocker for me to see Russell Wilson, you know, play as bad as he did that year. Chiefs caught zero. Chiefs caught zero offseason. After losing all they did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean the fact that the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean, just it, it was just so much. You know, I mean not even so much losing Tyreek Hill, um, trading for Kadarius Tony, getting Marquez Valdez Scantling, getting Juju Smith Schuster, drafting Sky Moore, Isaiah Pacheco. Like just wow, you know, uh, dudes were just absolutely balling. So you can't say anything great about it. What moves should the Dolphins? make to take the division from the bills and progress in the playoffs, get a replacement for Tua. Um, As much as I hate to agree with the last part of that statement. Yeah, man, definitely Kevin get a replacement for Tua. Um, I think Tua has a big decision to make about his career. We don't know what, um, you know, I mean, we really don't know what Tua is going to do. A lot of concussions. um, Clearly some scary, scary times in his career this year. And, I like Tua a lot in college, but I just don't think he's cut for the NFL. He's small. The arm isn't great. I get it. He's got Hill and Waddle and Gesicki out there, but I think they make – I think – well, I don't know. I can't really say that. I just think overall they look a lot better than he does, even on the big plays where Tua throws them the ball. It's just Tua just doesn't look like he can truly read defenses, like he can really get around in the league, like he can really survive behind an offensive line, like he can really take over a game. Um, I've said Aaron Rodgers, bro. I've said Aaron Rodgers all day. I know you might get commitment issues with him, but Aaron Rodgers in Miami, two of the fastest receivers in the league. You got a defense that's kind of coming around. You got a culture that's changing around. Um, I also said A-Rod to San Fran, but he kind of ruled that out. But I do think getting a replacement for Tua, considering how that roster is like, I just Tua is going to hold them back. Unfortunately, Tua will hold that offense back. Tua will hold that team back. Um, Outside of that, man, I mean, y'all look good. I'm, I'm. I know there's other places, of course, you know, that you could use work. I'm sure on the offense, on the defense, but of course, for time's sake, yeah, helping helping at out with Tua would uh would be major for sure. Lamar Jackson at offense would be the move. I can't say you wouldn't be wrong, bro. Lamar throwing to Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and having Mike Gesicki and having Breeden in the back and and having a very offensive coach like Mike McDaniel. Damn, I I can't say that that they couldn't do that, dude. Um. I'm not even going to push back on that because it's not even that it doesn't make sense. Miami is a very sexy place for a job right now. Whether you're a quarterback, obviously they have the coach of Mike McDaniel, which shout out to Mike McDaniel, man. He did a hell of a job in his first year. Very, very surprised by that. But yes, Lamar Jackson in that offense would be crazy. Shout out to the nine folks we got watching tonight. All seven of you on YouTube and the uh, two folks right here that we got on my personal Facebook page. But again, we are on the best 2022 moments from the NFL season after Russell Wilson looking horrible and Nathaniel Hackett being fired midseason, The next one I'm going to say here is the growth of Trevor Lawrence under Doug Peterson. Absolutely love the way this played out. Trevor Lawrence clearly took a leap this year. Um, I want to say through for over 4,000 yards. I know he had about 25 touchdowns. I think about 10 interceptions or maybe seven or so. Um, I need to get, of course I, I need to get solid on those numbers, no doubt, but the growth of Trevor Lawrence under Doug Peterson was absolutely major Um, you know, Doug Peterson coming in, being able to work with Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence had a bad rookie year, but he was also under a really, really, really bad head coach in urban Meyer, which I hated to see, but I put urban Meyer on the hot seat before that entire season started. So it wasn't a shocker when he got fired, but Trevor Lawrence, I think can definitely be a top 10 quarterback coming into this season. If not, he's going to be top 12 at worst. uh, And people are going to really start to respect him. And I think people now there was the question last year of, did Trevor Lawrence arrive? This is the season that Trevor Lawrence will, awry, will arrive. And I'm very confident in saying that. Of course, the Niners making it to the NFC title game with Brock Purdy was major. Brock Purdy being the very last pick in the NFL draft, fitting into that Niners team, playing well for the most part. Now, clearly, he had times where he looked like the last pick in the draft where the scouting report reflected the truth of him being the last pick in the NFL draft. But working with Kyle Shanahan, having a C Mac, having a Debo Samuel, having that defense, being in that position, and, and playing well up until the um, you know, the conference championship was, was absolutely remarkable. I don't know if too many other coaches in the NFL could have really done that. So shout out to Kyle Shanahan. Patrick Mahomes' a scramble in the Super Bowl, knowing how the ankle was, and even just the performance in the AFC title game as well. But I think it's explicitly the scramble in the Super Bowl. And, and, and I'm not going to... Get really high on saying that. Oh God, he was so hurt. This adds to the goat legacy. He's great. This, that, and a third. Right. Uh, well, of, of course he's great. Excuse me. Let me not get too far there. Sometimes the you know the words and the takes just start rolling. I got to be careful, especially um, respecting Patrick Mahomes here. But yeah, I mean just that 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 scramble in the Super Bowl was crazy. Um, the AFC title game uh, performance by Patrick Mahomes was crazy. He had a scramble in that game. He had a scramble in the Super Bowl, like I said. So ju- just the season from Patrick Mahomes. Him becoming the sixth best quarterback of all time. We'll just say that's the moment there. One of those best moments of the 2022 NFL season. Eleven folks. Thank y'all. Really appreciate the love. Yeah. Spigoli took a huge leap for Jags. I don't know. (laughs) Is that what you call him? I don't know. I don't know what you mean there, man. Um, All right. Let's get back to this, though. Jalen Hurts balling out in the Super Bowl. Another great moment. Y'all clearly know how I feel about Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to go too much into that. He silenced the doubters. He silenced the haters. He's going to get paid. He's a franchise guy. Um, I think his offensive coordinator that's coming over that was his quarterback's coach is fine. Uh, Obviously, losing Shane Steichen isn't great. They lost to D.C., so they're going to have to supplement that defense to show that they weren't frauds. But speaking of Jalen Hurts, y'all already know how I feel about him. The Colts blowing a 33-point lead against the Minnesota Vikings for the largest comeback in NFL history. Unfortunately, Matt Ryan was behind quarterback again. That was a crazy moment to me. Um didn't see that coming. I remember turning that game off when it was literally like the 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 Vikings were scoring to me 30 to nothing and then I was on FaceTime with my cousin later that day and she said that a guy that she was hanging with was watching a uh the 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 guy she was hanging with was watching the game and he told me that the Colts were about to tie it up. Or excuse me that the Vikings were about to tie it up. So the Colts were going up 30, to nothing, 30 to nothing. And the Vikings were obviously coming back to win. Um, so just seeing that moment in general in the season, unfortunately, Matt Ryan being behind center again, one of the craziest moments and then the last moment here i told y'all i had 15 we had to get creative with the lineup man we got a scarcity of nfl news but don't you guys worry i've been planning like crazy this week got some awesome draft content coming up got some awesome offset offseason content coming up so much you know preseason predictions all that stuff you're gonna be locked and loaded here on the nfl with ajl and just for a little homer moment here it's not great though michael darby if you're watching plug your ears When Andy Dalton threw back-to-back pick sixes against the Cardinals because the Saints came out in that game. They looked solid over the first couple of drives. Andy Dalton throws a pick six. Wow. And the bad part was it was back-to-back pick sixes at the end of the first half to just make the Cardinals run away from the Saints. I think they were up by 17 or 21 points at that point. Um, So, again, that was nuts. Hated to see it. Shot to the heart. Didn't want to watch the game anymore. But there are 15 of – I wouldn't even say – like, of course, there's some of the best, not the best – for all you hecklers out there. Um, But yeah, those were the 15 moments that off the top of my head were just some of the best moments of the NFL season for me. Want to check back into the chat. Don't want to forget about anybody. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan undefeated in choking leads, 100%. What do the Atlanta Falcons do in the first, in this first, in this draft with the first round pick? I'm not going to lie, man. I haven't, I haven't looked that deep into like team by team. I'll look it up real quick for you though. Falcons draft pick. Let's see. They pick one uh, the Falcons draft. Number eight overall pick. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to say defense, bro, to be honest with you. We know the Falcons need defensive players. There's a lot of good defensive players in this draft. Um, Tyler Algier was a hit for them last year, so I think they got the running back on lock. Of course, they just drafted Drake London. Um, some people say quarterback. Maybe the Falcons can trade up. I don't really know about that. Some people are saying Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson to Atlanta. So I don't know about that either. But I think if you're just specifically talking about the draft, you take a look at, um, you know, uh, defensive, 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 defensive draft for Atlanta. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are into the last segment of the NFL with AJL. Of course, we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all of your worldwide real estate needs, professional worldwide real estate needs. Make sure you hit up Buy and Sell with AJL on social media platforms at Buy and Sell with AJL. You see it down there at the bottom. And if you want to get ahead of the daunting media headlines, you want to know the actual truth about the real estate market. Make sure to hit them up for their exclusive monthly newsletter as well that they send out every 30 days. It will keep you in the know of real estate. Whether you need a dream home, whether you need to sell and get your equity, or whether you're looking to add to your retirement portfolio with a rental property, buy and sell with AJL is there to help you. And again, they are worldwide connections all over the country. Let's get back into the show, ladies and gentlemen. Again, last segment here. We talked about rookies. We talked about Eric Bieniemy. We talked about the best moments of the 2022 NFL season. Now let's talk about some tier one NFL free agents. And essentially we're asking, who are the best NFL free agents here? There were so many. Again, I think there's legit. Like there, there's there's 50 on most articles that I use for research and just digging into the league in general. Um, but you know, there's, there's definitely more than that. I have compiled my tier one NFL free agents and on next Friday or not next Friday on this Friday show, we will have our tier two NFL free agents just like we have our tier two NFL rookies as well. Of course, at number one, we have Lamar Jackson quarterback for the Ravens 26 years young. The Ravens would love to keep him. Apparently they're a hundred million dollars apart in contract talks. Make sure y'all hit up the YouTube channel for that. Just posted a YouTube short and all over social media on that before we went live Um, you know, Lamar's wanting a lot of money. He's wanting some guaranteed money and he hasn't finished his last two seasons healthy. You look at some other quarterbacks in the league who got extensions. There's actually six quarterbacks specifically that I named in that episode that got extensions. They didn't work out. So the Ravens have a claim. The Ravens have been burned before. We remember when they paid Joe Flacco. Everyone freaked the hell out about that. I'm not saying it would happen, but I think the Ravens would entertain letting Lamar Jackson walk or obviously looking for a trade for him if it came down to the nitty-gritty. I believe Lamar Jackson will be a Baltimore Raven, though. Number two here is Saquon Barkley running back for the New York Giants, 25 years young. A very important, explosive, and healthy season for him because a lot of people were calling him a bust. People were just doubting him. Uh, you know, People forget that even in his second year hurt as a rookie, he still ran for 1,000 yards. And unfortunately, I thought that his career might be over, um, not because I doubted him, but just because how hard it was for him to actually stay healthy. And I'm telling y'all, there's nothing like that. Uh, uh, not pre or post show, during show water, nothing like it, bro. I'm telling you, but again, um, you know Saquon Barkley, I, I know what he's capable of. He can beat you on the outside. He can run between the tackles. He can you know pass catch. He's a scoring machine when he needs to be. So Saquon Barkley is a tier one NFL free agent for me. We've got Josh Jacobs as well, and Josh Jacobs won the rushing title this year with 1,653 yards, also legged the league with 393 touches in general and 2,053 all-purpose yards, so 400 yards on the dot receiving. He is a very, very special back in this league, um, You know, just clearly played his life out this year, I think impressed a lot of people. I would love to see a running back like Josh Jacobs get more opportunities, whether it's with the, with the Raiders or other teams in the league, but this is going to be a Tier 1 NFL free agent for me. Tony Pollard, of course, running back for the Cowboys, age 26, great season all the way around. There are, you know, or there were talks and rather confirmed reports that Zeke Elliott was restructuring his contract. Um, but we've seen Tony Pollard; he's explosive, he's got a lot of power, he's got some great receiving. That unfortunately left up, or excuse me, ended up having him break his left fibula in the playoffs. We absolutely hated to see that. But there's a chance that he could explore, uh, excuse me, he could explore free agency if Ezekiel Elliott. Um, as Ezekiel Elliott, is going to be expected to return. But Tony Pollard overall, um, being with the Cowboys, it would would still create for a great running back uh, backfield, running back tandem, duo, whatever you want to call it. But he could get some awesome looks from other NFL teams as well because he's proven his case. Some of y'all might not agree with me, but I got Miles Sanders as a Tier 1 NFL free agent here. He's coming off, again, a healthy and explosive career best season with 1,269 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns on the ground. Now, people are going to call him, you know, a fine, maybe a mid-volume runner at that, and he can be inconsistent, unfortunately, and doesn't offer much in the passing game when you really get to looking at the tape and and get to looking at the numbers. But you can't deny 1,269 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns in one of the most balanced leagues in the NFL, uh, in one of the most balanced teams in the NFL, in the Eagles. Um, You know, clearly he was... You know, just performing very well and with guys like Jalen Hurts getting carries with guys like Boston Scott getting carries Miles Sanders still being able to put up these numbers is absolutely remarkable. Another one here Jesse Bates tier one NFL free agent for the Bengals safety uh, age 25. We know that he's a great run stopper. We've seen that on the tape. We've seen that in the numbers for the defensive stops that he accounts for as well. But Apparently, he will not return to Cincinnati after being franchise tagged in 2023. He's also pretty reliable at making plays and coverage as well. So Jesse Bates, I feel like, has made a good name for himself here in the last couple of years, especially with the Bengals being a younger player, being on a team that's been getting a lot of looks. He could have got himself a bag in other places, and I don't know where Jesse Bates could go. Um, I'd like to see him at Bengal again because I know he's one of their biggest players, but nonetheless, he will be a free agent this year. I want to check back to the chat, make sure I'm not forgetting about anyone. Some saying high profile safety. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good for Atlanta. Yes, I need to look for some no restrictions property to put a tiny home or a big RV one. I will be in touch with you on that soon. Sounds great, man. You already know we're here. Look at that lead generation during the show. Will take it. Running back out of Philly, uh, running back out of Philly to the Finns. That could be huge. That could be absolutely major. If they uh, if Miles Sanders does potentially go to, to um what's it called? To Miami, that would be major. Now, Javon Hargrave, he almost made my Tier 2 list or almost dropped to the Tier 2 list, but I can't deny that he had the career-high 11 sacks. Um, he is age 29, so that age is going to concern you when it comes to you know getting him some money, putting him into a system that's going to require more snaps of him. Maybe he's kind of in a plug-and-play role, but nonetheless, defensive tackle for the Eagles, age 29. He's shown that he can get upfield, that he can get to the quarterback, that he can provide that inside pressure, and he's done it well for three seasons now in Philadelphia, so let's see what happens you know, he's, he's going to be testing free agency, Philadelphia. There's a lot of talks about, are they frauds? What are they going to be bring back this, that, and the third, he would be a key piece to bring back here. And he is going to be one NFL free agent. Maybe my favorite linebacker in the league right now. I've always loved to love this guy. Maybe it's the name, maybe it's the way he plays. It's damn sure not for the Cowboys and who he plays for Leighton Vanderesh, Vander Esch line 25 years young for the Dallas Cowboys. He has really settled in as a premier coverage linebacker in this league. Um, He just matches up well with a lot of people, you know, just, just really gives me that presence. Like he's, he's not going to be a Brian Urlacher. He's not going to be a Luke Keekly. He's not going to be a Fred Warner, but he is going to be a solid guy that you can depend on him in the middle to have coverage. He can stop the run. He's quick from edge to edge. Um, And and he's just overall, you know, a a top linebacker in this league and him hitting free agency. He's going to be able to go get a paycheck as well. Definitely makes my tier one. We've also got a guard for the Eagles here. Isaac Smalo, age 29. I'm sure y'all are wondering where Jason Kelsey's at, but Jason Kelsey has been with the Eagles since 2011, 12, not sure. Um, He's won two Super Bowls. He's been on two Super Bowl, both of the Super Bowl teams of the last few years. Um, He was the only or one of the only ones to make it from the last Super Bowl team to this one. Um, So I don't believe that he would go anywhere else. He's either going to be an Eagle again or he's going to retire like we've had rumors of with the retirement. So I did keep Jason Kelsey off this list, but he would be a tier one nonetheless. We got Isaac Somalo again, guard for the Eagles, age 29, another very strong interior piece of that Philadelphia line. On the inside, which was the league's best, it felt like, for that offensive line. We saw that defensive line, of course, just talking with Javon Hargrave, had 70 sacks. Um, but Isaac Smallow being on this O-line, providing that protection for Jalen Hurts, helping create those holes for Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, and just, again, helping contribute to the most balanced team and really the most balanced offense in the NFL. Can't knock it. James Bradbury. Y'all probably don't want to agree with me here being a tier one NFL free agent, but I do believe that he is. He was major for the Eagles this year. I get it, recency bias. He's staying by the holding call in the Super Bowl, but he was a great pickup playing on the other side of Darius Slay, and you found that he was able to play that shutdown role and that ball hawking role in that groove in his coverage game again, and I get it. Everyone's going to throw him out. Everyone's going to forget about what he's done. Everybody's going to forget about how well he actually played this year and how great the pickup was from Philadelphia because of the holding call in the Super Bowl, Um, Juju, you're petty as hell, by the way, for saying I'll hold you anytime you need it or uh, whatever you said, bro. Yeah, we're going back and forth. A.J. Brown jumped in. Um, Man, that was that was crazy for sure. But we're down to our last couple players here. Again, James Bradbury is going to be a tier one NFL free agent for me. Jamel Dean, cornerback with the Buccaneers, age 26. He's 6'1", 206 pounds. So he's very stout. He's sized up well. He's got physical coverage in this league, and he can also provide you some great run support as well. We've seen Jamel Dean be one of these um, not very highly acclaimed corners, but he does grade out well in the NFL, and, again, he's got good size. He can be a little sticky. He can play tough at the line, and I feel like that's a lot of that Buccaneers defensive culture. I could see him being a buck again, no doubt about it. Um, And I almost wanted to put Levante David as well on my top. Um, I also wanted to put – I almost wanted to put Levante David as well on top of uh or on the tier 1 but Levante David I think is 33 or 34 if I'm not mistaken um so you know just just getting a little older there for the for for the free agents as well and then the last one here Dalton Schultz tied in for the Cowboys age 26 a lot of NFC East players on here specifically Cowboys and Eagles Schultz played on the franchise tag this year as a key target for Dak Prescott. And we saw a couple of seasons ago that he was actually able to provide well in the fantasy game, doing well in touchdowns. I think he had a career year of about 900 yards and nine touchdowns, give or take on the yards and touchdowns there. Um, but Dalton Schultz is going to be a tier one free agent for me. I do believe he is, um, you know, I know he's not going to be a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle or a, or a Darren Waller or any of that. Right. But Dalton Schultz has great size. He's got great hands. I think he's a solid route runner. And just overall, I see him making plays out there for the Cowboys. Um, you know, he was, he was he's a good asset to this team. I'd like to see him be a Cowboy again. I wouldn't even mind if he came over to my New Orleans Saints. He's going to be a freed agent, but he's solid. I think anyone that has the chance to go out and get Dalton Schultz really shouldn't be upset about it. Um, and just honestly, that's that is what it is. So, for my tier one NFL free agents, Dalton Schultz, Jamel Dean, James Bradbury, Isaac Samalo, Leighton Vanderesch, Javon Hargrave, Jesse Bates, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs Saquon Barkley, Lamar Jackson. Rewind the tape if I said it too fast. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode six of the NFL with AJL, ladies and gentlemen. I really y'all jumping into the show tonight never forget that you can always call in even though i know it's the end of the show 678-480-8716 wherever you were make sure to like that stream before we get off the live tonight whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, especially on Facebook and YouTube, I would appreciate it the most. Please hit that subscribe button right there. 99.5% of y'all that look at my content on YouTube are not subscribed. Hit, excuse me, hit the bell. Oh, oh, uh, uh, boom, <laughs> Hit the bell as well so you never miss a bit of content whenever we go live, whenever we post a short, whenever we post a YouTube clip. Clip, Lord have mercy. Y'all about to roast me, but you know what? I should have never corrected myself because I told him myself right there. Hit the QR code so you never miss a bit of the NFL with AJL. Almost said what off season there because that was me before, as you see over there on that logo. If you can't find me on social media, you're not looking hard enough at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms. Again, we are live Tuesdays and Fridays, 7 p.m. Eastern time. The podcast is either posted that night or shortly after. I appreciate everyone. NFL with AJL episode six big ups to you man keep rolling appreciate it bro this two two shows a week can be a little rough um y'all y'all have been just so great on social media instagram um you know tiktok facebook youtube y'all been blowing it up i never expected the numbers to be this way episode seven will be friday february 24th 7 p.m eastern time i'm out y'all have a good night